Boys and ghouls, welcome to episode 88 of Dads from the Crypt, Tales from the Crypt podcast. My name is Jason, and tonight I'm joined by Jody. Hello. And Mondo. Hello. And returning, we have our guest, Rachel from the Zombie Girls. Can you believe they let me back? This is your third <laughs> time, I think. What do you mean? <laughs> we we have beauty fun. rest in yellow. Yep. I, I was surprised Jason got you so quick. Jason like, also asked Rachel if she wants to be on. I feel like you're like up here. You're kind of like a superstar. I was like, damn, she'll respond to you that quick. <laughs> I'm just like, someone want me, please. <laughs> All right. And then additionally, for the first time, we have guest and author Logan Kistner. Welcome. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. Pleasure to have you on. Um, since you're the new one here, why don't you tell us about yourself? Uh, well, I am a writer and kind of film historian critic out of Las Vegas, and my main focus is on transgender representation in horror films specifically. Awesome. Uh, oh, yeah, wait, looking... you're from Vegas too? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yay. More Vegas people. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, why don't you go and plug your, you have like a link tree or do you have like a specific website? So I was looking on some of that. Yeah, I have a Twitter and an Instagram, both are trans horrors. And then I have a Patreon where I write about trans horrors, which is trans horrors singular. Nice. Awesome. And then uh, have you watched Tales of the Crypt much? I I was aware of it as like a pop culture thing. This was my first episode. Oh, that's oh, cool. Right. That's a good one. What a kickoff. <laughs> yeah, to, to be fair, we've said it before, we're kind of on the back end of the, of the good stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, this um, is. I, I saw season six. I'm like, okay, I have yeah, a yeah. bar. Yeah, but, but I do think it's really worth I say all the time, it's really worth going back and watching some of like the earlier seasons oh, when yeah. they were just firing at all cylinders and just fun. Oh, the, the, the mm-hmm. mid seasons were great. Like, even all the way up to season five, it's only in this season where we started uh, <laughs> slipping a little bit, I feel. But, um, I feel like this was actually a good bright spot. We'll, oh, we'll get yeah. to that. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, actually, let's just jump into it. Tonight we're talking about The Assassin, which was released on December 7th, 1994. Jody, give us a plot synopsis. All right. We start with what might be one of my favorite openings of this entire show. Uh, the Crypt Keeper is talking to the character of the Grim Reaper from Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. It's our friend William Sadler playing the exact same character uh, from Bill and Ted. <laughs> it's never brought up that this is a Bill and Ted character. It's just he's just there. Like I'm, I'm like, trying to figure out licensing wise how like I guess they never call it. Or the Grim Reaper is just like a public domain kind of thing. They can do whatever they want with it. He's he's, he's the Grim Reaper. You know, he's just German. <laughs> you know, he's got that v- yeah, vaguely Eastern European, which. William Sadler does such a good job with. Oh, I love him so much. Uh, and uh, anyway, Death and the Crypt Keeper play rock, paper, scissors, and uh, whoever loses gets a part cut off, a la cutting cards uh, from season two or three? Two. Two. Yeah. Uh, one of the best episodes of the show. 
Um, so just a fantastic and one of the longer openings, but I'm mm-hmm. okay with that. I if the if it had never switched to story time and it had just been those two, totally fine. It'd been a good time. <laughs> like we could totally do a that would be a good spinoff movie. The, the Grim Reaper just, as play volume Sadler and the Grim Keeper yes. going to Vegas, driving just off to hang out, do stuff. That's oh, yeah. the reality TV show I want in my life. All right. Uh, When we get to our actual story, though, we open on a black and white video camera recording the outside of a suburban house, like your typical, you know, like nice house uh, in the nice neighborhood. Uh, Inside the house, a man named Jeremy is eating the balanced breakfast from the commercials. You know, he's got all the elements there. (laughs) And then his wife, Janet, walks in wearing a long nightgown with the fluffy parts on it. And yeah, it's it's all very, you know, like American dream. Uh, They talk about how much they love each other and then they kiss before he leaves for work. Later, Janet comes home with the groceries and she finds a woman who introduces herself as Simone Bardot. Uh, she says she's from the LAPD. She's sitting in the house, just at the kitchen table. She yeah. says from the LAPD. This is a red flag. Yeah, usually. I'm pretty sure that's yeah. illegal. Pretty sure you can't just do that. Well, she says she's from the LAPD, which is also yeah. a red flag. I- I'm not a lawyer. Uh, I'm not but- a lawyer, but the police can't just come in your house and hang out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, she says she has questions about her husband Jeremy. She asks when he'll be home, and Janet tries to call him, and. Uh, Simone stops her, and then Janet asks if she knows Captain Landau. Uh, Simone says that it's actually his idea that he meets with her alone like this. And at this point, uh, Janet hits her in the face and tries to run away because, um, according to Simone, her husband Jeremy, who she's known, is actually a very dangerous man who would kill someone without thinking twice. As Janet tries to run away, she runs into Simone's henchmen, who I cannot refer to as their character names. The henchmen are Corey Feldman and Mike from Breaking Bad. (laughs) I I was so happy to see Mike. I I love Mike. I do too. Uh, But they tase her at the door and knock her out. And yes, I will be referring to them as Corey and Mike through this entire episode. (laughs) They have character names. I can't do it. Uh, So when she wakes up, the henchmen ask if Captain Landau is a real person. He's not. It was just a fiction. That's how the, one of the ways that she knew that Simone was up to no good. She also knew because police don't come into your house. And she calls Simone dumb for pretending to be a cop, and Simone slaps her. Uh, Simone says that she and Jeremy used to be an item when he was known as Ronald Wald. Um, they're here to kill him. He was a former assassin, government assassin, who went AWOL. And uh, they show Janet a picture, but it doesn't look like her husband, Jeremy, at all. Uh, but they say, you know, he couldn't have been hiding this long if he had just looked like himself. He had plastic surgery, completely changed his appearance. And what made him reveal himself was he went to the dentist and that got dental records that matched up to a database in the government, the NSA. And so now they're here to kill him and her, too, as part of their no witness policy. So Corey takes Janet down to the basement. I told you, Corey, that's all I can do. <laughs> Corey takes Janet down to the basement when there's a lot of exercise equipment there. Mm-hmm. And Janet makes an attempt at seducing him and she stands on the treadmill. And so he comes over and uh, put, drops his pants down around his ankles. She turns on the treadmill, making him run with his pants around his ankles, which, <laughs> of course, makes him trip, falls down. His tie gets caught in the treadmill and it strangles him. Very nice. And... Uh, 
at that point, Simone and Mike are upstairs. They're preparing to kill them with all these tools. They're going to go the torture route. There's saws and all kinds of, you know, things you see in a dentist office. And uh, she comes to check. And at the top of the stairs, she yells for Corey. He doesn't come. And Janet has taken Corey's gun. She takes a shot at her. But as she takes a shot, her heel breaks and she misses. Uh, but she managed to knock Simone down the stairs. They struggle. Janet goes running up the stairs with her shoes in her hand and runs into the bathroom where Mike is sitting on the toilet. And she kills him by jamming the heel of her other shoe into his eye. As she leaves the bathroom, Simone puts a gun to her head. And Simone tells her about all the people she's killed and the uh, sex life that she had with her husband in his previous life. And then she starts saying, you know, I'm actually kind of looking forward to seeing him. It's been a long time. To which Janet replies, not long enough, and then in a very deep voice says, Gwen. Uh, Simone realizes at that point that Janet is actually Ronald, uh, and right before she is shot in the head. Then Janet gets up, she says she has a dinner party to plan, and Simone and company will just have to help her. Later at the dinner party, Janet excuses herself to the kitchen, where we see she has cooked and served the members of the team to her guest. Jeremy plays a little joke on her and they flirt together for a little bit. And he says, you're quite a woman. And she replies, of course I am silly. What else would I be? And then we end up with the Crypt Keeper and death continuing their game of chopping off body parts until the de death is now just ahead. Who wants to play one more round, double or nothing. Just <laughs> lots of fun all the way around. Best seven out of 12. <laughs> <laughs> all right rachel why don't you start us off what did you think of this episode Ooh, yeah um okay so first of all william sadler as the grim reaper was such a fun surprise i agree with you this is one of the best uh openings uh i just find him so charming that i'm immediately sold i was wondering if it was a part of some sort of marketing campaign but i guess the dates don't mm. really line up so maybe they just got drunk and were like you know would be good <laughs> and uh they were right <laughs> um, and I love how it sort of like expands the lore of the Crypt Keeper a little bit. Like I love the um, like the idea of just these like death related dudes hanging out um, right. is, is, is just fun. I like that. As for the story itself, I have complicated feelings. <laughs> um, I, think I think anyone in 2023 should. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Um, I mean, there's loads of camp in this. Like on the positive mm -hmm. note, like there are really fun performances. Corey Feldman and Jonathan Banks or Michael, whatever we want to call Mike, whatever we want to call him, um, are great as sort of the mustache twirling uh, duo of fixers. Uh, they were a lot of fun. I loved the way the film was shot or the short was shot like mm -hmm. it's almost carnival-esque like i'm getting like dark man vibes almost mm, from yeah. it yeah uh, i was shocked to see that this director this is like one of the only things he's directed he's miss mr bet midler yeah. and uh <laughs> he did like one of her videos and like that's about it uh because i actually think it's really um like it's very voicey in terms of the way it's shot so that's really really cool um and it was fun sort of seeing a funhouse mirror version of of Mike from Breaking Bad show up in this. Um, then there's the twist. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it could it, it's less problematic than it could have been, particularly of that era. I think mm -hmm. that it does reinforce some really troubling, problematic tropes about trans women, like trying it would be, you know, being tricky or dishonest or trying to trick men like those are those are not great 
sort of ideas to reinforce. Um, but I feel like, you know, it could be much, much, much worse. But in a critical sort of setting, I have to call out that, that that's not great. That's not a great Definitely. Uh, idea to perpetuate. Um, but overall, I had fun with it. I did have fun with it. I would say, given the setting of Tales from the Crypt, that was, you know, actually really progressive on about their not as progressive as they for, could get for Tales from the Crypt. That is progressive, just to have that and, yeah. and not have it as a joke, and have it I mean, as a strong not, character. But it's kind of but like there's, we're, we're doing yes. horror stories, and the yeah. horror story is the twist is dude. Yeah, is lady. our lady is a dude. Yeah, <laughs> that's not great. The, the, the one thing I did appreciate, I, and we'll all talk individually, but while we're on the subject. They didn't play with any of the like, oh, this is, you know, weird or icky or anything like that. Like they just straight up, this is who she is now. And she seems to have a happy life. Okay, Mm -hmm. great. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I do appreciate that part of things. That's fair. I was actually really worried about where they were going to go with it. The minute I kind of figured out where they were going with it, I was like, oh, shit, like what are they going to do? And um, yeah, to Jody's point, but this is also why we like sm- have smarter people on here than us because um, there. I, mean, mm-hmm. I, I really mean that though. There's stuff like I'm not going to yeah. pick up on. I'm just gonna be honest about it. And I like mm-hmm. hearing your know, point of view from people who live in the community, who are in the community, who can really pick out those little things that are problematic. Mm-hmm. Because when you said that, I was like, oh yeah, that is very problematic and not mm-hmm. something I would have thought of. I, mean, I think one thing to think about is that this isn't like we we don't know if that this character decided to become a woman because they want to be a woman or just because it's a good cover for them as an agent. Like we don't really know the full motivations behind that. I know what I prefer the answer to be. Well, yes. <laughs> yeah, same here. Same here. No, exactly. <laughs> like, I like to think they wanted to be a woman and they all said, this is also my way out, you know, not, not right. I mean, yeah, way. ideally. Yeah. That would make, but, that would but, be, but, but, that's what we would hope for, but they didn't go. They didn't give us any of it. I'm kind of glad because I'm worried what they would have done. And it being tales in the crypto, they really didn't need the cannibalism slant at the very end. Like they really yeah. didn't need that to make her like make it. We over just the top. like eating people yeah. on tales, though. Like yeah. everyone eats a person occasionally. But we'll say that that this the scene of the, the end with the dinner plate. That thing looked disgusting. <laughs> yeah, like it was it was very well done. How disgusting that uh that food looked. But I love how she's just like it's cool. I'm just gonna chop it up in front of my husband right here. Like just a finger and some hands and, and an eyeball. You know what stressed me out was when she put that hand in the garbage disposal. I'm like, you don't put bones in there. <laughs> I know. Well, I can't even have no carrots, let alone bones. <laughs> it depends on the horsepower of your garbage disposal. <laughs> Dad advice. Spend some money on a good garbage disposal because then you can put hands down there. And it'll be okay. <laughs> Hands. All right, Mondo, why don't you go ahead with uh, your turn? Yeah, overall, especially after last week's episode, I, I enjoyed this episode for the for the most part. Uh, anytime they can take those actors and, and actresses and put them inside of a small, like very, very small setting and have just let them play off each other, I think that's when Tales from the Crypt is at its strongest. And um, I, I love the uh, when they're just like, oh, yeah, just take her downstairs and kill her. We don't leave witnesses. And I knew something was up when she wasn't even really that worried about it. She's just like, yeah, I'm just going to go kill this guy downstairs. Yeah. Um, and then when they go downstairs, uh, I, I love that, that she immediately kind of insults his manhood. And, that, and that's what gets him to act. And I also love the fact, like, who doesn't take their pants off fully? 
Like, that was his fault. That was his bad. Like, if he, I mean, take he his, did say he was creepy. Yeah, that is mission true. accomplished. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. Like, Corey Feldman is even when he's not trying to play a creeper, he's a creeper, and uh, I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just how he his character comes off. He's good at playing that kind of skis ball. Um, that's that's a credit to him. And then I love I always love Mike from Break, Breaking Bad, and anything I get to see him, and I'm happy. I, I did love it when he gets killed with the with the shoe, and he's just on the toilet with his apron. Like he has to kill this woman, but he stopped to go to the bathroom, like because he has to make sure maybe he had some anxiety issues and needed to uh, to <laughs> empty himself before he, he he did his deed. Um, he gets a little uh, IBS before killing himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a phrase. <laughs> and, and and being that it's WrestleMania night, uh, it did bring back vibes when uh, Randy Savage used Miss Elizabeth shoe to hit Hulk Hogan in the eye with it. And, but, and busted his eyeball, which is good because as we found out, Hulk Hogan is a terrible human being. So he he deserved it. I don't know if Randy Savage was better, but one guy was on caught on audio saying bad things and refused to apologize. The other person wasn't. Uh, but uh, yeah, overall, I, I did enjoy this episode. And I really appreciate like uh, I said, they could have gone. I was really worried about where they were going to go with the reveal. I was like, oh, God, don't go this way. And um, I, I, also, I also love how they refer to. Uh, when uh, the the antagonist, when she's like, does he still like being bit in the neck? And she's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then the end conversation with the husband, he he comes up to her and he goes, hey, I bought a new paddle. And that was their conversation, which was, yeah. you got to think about it, for the 90s, that was pretty, I mean, nowadays, I'd be racy on a TV show, to, to be honest with you. Like, But in the 90s, it had been pretty racy, but I always liked that kind of stuff. And um, so yeah, overall, I'm, I'm much happier with this week's episode than I was with last week's, which... Was uh yeah, not good. <laughs> All right, Logan, go ahead. Oh God! So for our first episode, this was a doozy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Speak. I'm I'm gonna hit on William Sadler too. I literally this week watched an episode of a live action Bill and Ted TV show. They oh. got like eight episodes, and mm-hmm. that also had Bill and Ted going into a TV universe to stop a character from transitioning. Weird Ooh, week for Bill and Ted trans characters. What? <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, also, Lisa Wilcox was in that episode since we were talking about her earlier too. Weird connections everywhere. This is a weird day. <laughs> yes. Um, and then seeing Corey Feldman was fun. He also has a history in trans horror. In 2018, he was a trans vampire in a film that like went straight to video on demand. Mm. Not good. Can't recommend it. What, what, what was it called? <laughs> what was I'm it? Just, yeah, uh, it's I'm, called. It's called Corbin Nash. I want to say. Um, oh, I've heard of this. Yes. Yeah. I've never yeah, watched I've it. I've name. heard of it. Not good. <laughs> <laughs> um, can recommend if you're interested in Corey Feldman, like cheesing it up as like a drag trans woman vampire, but not. It's trash. <laughs> you're making it sound way better than it is. Though. It I, know. Like- I know. I know. I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, in in terms of like representation and what that means in kind of like a nebulous sense it tracks for where trans horror has kind of gone compared to what it used to be like probably from like the 60s to the 90s it was a lot more concerned with like justifying it in a sense like oh they're like this because they're psychotic or because they're split personality this is more of a symptom of a larger problem than it is like a facet of your identity and then within like probably the last 20, 30 years, um, specifically this kind of plot has been more of like this, the man wants to infiltrate a relationship somehow and transitions to get to that point. Like um, 
There's a movie a few years ago, Tales from the Lodge, that came out of Britain, where a gay man could not sleep with his best friend, so he transitioned and became a psychotic killer, but, like, oh, was a woman the whole time. Oh, Lord. <laughs> uh, this is not a new plot in any sense. Um, but, yeah, I think you guys, I think Jason touched on it earlier, where, like, we're never really told whether or not Janet is actually trans or whether she's just, like, sex change of convenience. And I think yeah. that's like a nebulousness that kind of ends up working in the episode's favor. Where it's like, okay, they didn't technically go as far as they could have. And that's probably for the best. <laughs> yeah. Tell, tells that makes tends sense. to just kind of let things happen sometimes with no explanation. And sometimes, yeah, just roll with it. Like it's so much better to yes. not know what they were thinking when they were rocking. Don't it. explain this to me, please. It's kind of like when you go to Thanksgiving dinner. And your like uncle says, "Oh, hey, by the way," and then you're like, "Oh God, what's about to happen?" Oh, he just wants to talk about the moles that are under his house. Like, <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> Keep him on this. Like, I mean, knowing knowing how the yeah the production over there works, I think they were just looking for a good twist. And they're like, "Oh, right. what if you know it was the the same the guy they were looking for was actually the wife?" And I think they were more just on that than exploring or playing right. off of anything else. Yeah. So again, they, I don't think they definitely did not. I probably probably didn't even have the tools to go any deeper than that. But I'm, I'm curious, glad that they kept like, it. I'm I'm curious. Did you guys like guess the twist ahead of time? Did any of you guess it? I, I actually I did. had strong suspicions pretty early <laughs> yeah. on. I, just because I, we watched a whole lot of these. Yes, I, and I'm gonna say the same thing. Like, because we watched so much Tales from the Crypt, the minute when um her confidence and when she killed uh, Corey, that was when I really knew what was happening. Oh, also, I, I forgot to bring this up. By the way, the, 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 don't fucking shoot a gun through a paint can. I love the fact she walks up in her hand is just mangled. I figured as an assassin, you'd be smarter than that. But it's holding a whole other story. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, a, I guessed it when she killed the, the first 18. person. No, no, yeah, it's not the eighteen. <laughs> there's, there's no handle. And, and B.A. Brock is nowhere to be found. Um, yeah, I I got I guessed it pretty late. I think it's when she made a comment about having balls. Something about that that yeah. tipped me off. It was actually the second comment that the female assassin made where she's like, oh, she take it like, like whimpering or she take it like a man. That was like the moment where I was like, that's very oh. specific phrasing. Yeah. That, that yeah. tipped something in my brain. I mean, yeah, one, looking back, thinking back to it, there are a lot of parts that like were tipping off. But I think I just, it's just the kind of place I did not expect tales to go. Yeah, um, Could it be they, the, they usually first don't do that. Lines? <laughs> For me, yeah. when they're like, "What else would I be?" I, yeah, she said that oh. like the first scene. I'm like, that was weird, but I kind of brushed past it. I'm like, okay, wow, I didn't yeah. see, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, damn. <laughs> All right, Jody, where'd you go? Yeah, I uh, I had a lot of fun with this one. Um, in season six, I'm happy to see one that is playful and silly in a good way. Uh, those cameos or I guess appearances by Corey Feldman and um, oh, I don't know his real name. Jonathan Banks. Uh, Jonathan Banks. <laughs> Seeing them in these roles, they were very silly, funny roles. This is actually probably one of the best adult Corey roles. Like Corey Feldman as a kid, love him. Always a great thing to see. Corey Feldman as adult. I don't know, man. What about Corey Feldman as a musician? (laughs) Um, Just moving right along. (laughs) But yeah, most of the time, Corey Feldman as an adult is just not my cup of tea. But uh, in this one, like, he was fun. He was silly. He kind of had that, like, hey, we're going to go do some killing out here. You know, like, he was hamming it up in a really fun way that I really enjoyed. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, it's directed kind of, it had that little bit of zaniness to it uh, that, you know, I, I, I want to have fun when I'm watching an episode of this show. Um, you know, obviously with this episode, watching it 30 years later, you know, we very quickly have lots of things to discuss about the, you know, uh, cultural and political things that this show's saying. But again, like I said, it, it could be worse for the time. <laughs> there was there was one other Tales episode that had a twist similar to this. And I don't remember the name of it, but they pick up uh, a guy picks up a woman in his car. She's a hitchhiker. I think she's played mm-hmm. by Brooke Shields. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And brings her to his house. Um, he says, oh, no, my wife's here. And you hear the wife yelling. And at the end, it turns out that he is actually the wife as a psychotic woman who kills because she's insane. Yeah, it's, it's a very that's big the twist that I That's yeah, the I twist that I hear all the time uh, <laughs> yeah. in horror movies. Uh, yeah, that was well, just I a big cycle. I appreciated we didn't go that route. Yeah. You know, at least it wasn't that. <laughs> yeah. And especially... Progress! We, we had to take what we could get in 1993, <laughs> I guess. Um, all right, I'll hop in. So one thing that I keep thinking about this episode, it reminds me a lot of like a Pulp Fiction kind of style. And again, this is 1994 and that movie was huge that year. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of like the splashes of violence and kind of the, I don't know, the, the different scenarios, like someone on the toilet who gets, you know, murdered because they were, mm-hmm. you know, on the shitter. Okay. Um, emptying out. I prefer <laughs> the phrase emptying out. There's a lady present. <laughs> Um, so yeah, stylistically, I really enjoyed this episode. This is directed by Martin von Hasselberg. Um, his only other movie before this was something called Blind Geronimo and His Brother, which I couldn't really find anything on. Um, the lead is played by Shelley Hack, who was in Charlie's Angels, King of Comedy, Troll, and The Stepfather. Um, Simone slash Gwen is she was played good. by. Chelsea Field, I love that actress. I thought she was great in this. She's in Commando. She played Tila in Masters Universe, one of my all-time favorites. Uh, she was the dark half. <laughs> I uh, love that movie. For, for all you YouTube, for, if you're not watching on YouTube, you had to uh, go back and watch Rachel's face when Jason <laughs> praised Masters of the Universe. <laughs> oh, I'm just like, it's Tila? Yeah, that was Tila. There's also in this bad shit crazy movie called Death Spa. Oh, uh-huh. Death Spa. Yes. Yeah, uh, that movie is amazing and terrible, but amazing. There's a lot of what the fucks in that movie. <laughs> but it's on. I think it's on Shutter, so go check it out. Um, I, I, I my dirty secret is I've never seen Breaking Bad. I know I would like it. I just haven't. It's now. It's now. I think it's cool to watch. But I think I think it had that little moment where yeah. everyone just raved about it so much that so many people were starting it and being like, "What is everybody talking about?" Because it, it was built up so big. But yeah. I, I think yeah. you enjoyed I going missed, back and watching it. Yeah, yeah I missed I the first like wave, and then I, I never just I just didn't want to hop on my, my unpopular yeah. feel opinion. bad TV. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's so, like the best feel bad TV. You it's could there's watch. No, so, someone asked Vince Gilliam or Gilliam Gilliam. Um, if if Breaking Bad was supposed to be a, a comedy, he goes, "No, we're in season five. He goes, "By now, Walt would have woken up from his dream and gone back to high teaching, teaching high school, or something <laughs> like that." Um, I will say though, I do think Better Call Saul is actually better, and, and I would say, Jason, like, I think you could actually. Eh. Here's a question for you guys who watch Breaking Bad: Could you watch Better Call Saul first, See, or would it spoil I mean, too much? I, mean, I, don't I think know the mic of it all. To. Yeah. 
I don't know that you'd want to though. Like I get yeah. that you could. Yeah, I don't know. It's a good but question. I like I like getting introduced to Saul as he is in Breaking Bad, and then later seeing the like yeah. how he got their story. That's yeah. Good point. And, I, and and I'm a completist when it comes to that kind of stuff, so I definitely would want to watch the first series. I, I started Breaking Bad after it was a couple seasons in because my sister recommended it, and I immediately fell for it. Like I, I love the show. I, I, I'm not going to be one of my favorite finales of all time. Yes, I, I don't mean that guy. That's why I started in season one. I only started in season one because a good friend of mine is a high school chemistry teacher, and she's like, "You have <laughs> to watch this show. You'll like it." And I kind of fell in love with it right away. Yeah, I thought she, maybe um, she was asking you to be her Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like work kind of sucks. Like how how many times have I, just, I can't tell you how many times I'm in my bed, like waking up for work and just thinking, I should just go start selling drugs. Like, why am I <laughs> going to the office at 9 a.m. or 8 a.m. or whatever? Judge, the fuck I go to exhibit the office. A. Yeah. <laughs> if you've never had that thought, you've never worked in an office. <laughs> I'm going to edit yeah. that out just in case. <laughs> no, no, no. All so, yeah. liability must stay in. <laughs> but um, Jonathan Banks was also in the original airplane. Um, he was mm-hmm. in 48 hours, also in Gremlins. Oh, so cool. Wow. Wow. I know that. Blowing my mind tonight, Jason. <laughs> I know. Um, Marshall Teague, who plays the husband, he was in Roadhouse. He was actually also in another Tales of the Crypt episode, Curiosity Killed. He was also mm-hmm. in Armageddon. And then Corey Feldman, of course, Never Friday heard. the 13th, Final Chapter, Gremlins, The Goonies, Stand By Me, Lost Boys, and of course, Bordello of Blood. <laughs> And as much as we kind of dogged him, we dogged him a little bit. Like that guy had had a pretty tragic life, and yeah, oh, yeah. Um, it's 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 sad what Hollywood does to some of these young actors and actresses. Mm-hmm. Definitely, uh, yeah, but yeah, overall, no child actors don't do it. Don't no. do it. Um, yeah. if, if anybody actually, Will Wheaton, uh, who's, who I love, Will Wheaton. I don't really love. I've, his acting, I'm not really a fan of Star Trek, but I love his writing and how he talks about being a child actor and exploitation of children in the entertainment industry. And he just went on a rant about people who exploit their children on YouTube. Um, so yeah, well, that's uh, the new. Yeah, yeah if, if anybody is interested in like what the industry does to children, like Will Wheaton's a really good person. He's, and really, he's written some really good books about about it. And also just a genuinely, like a genuinely good guy, like a person yeah. you'd want to oh. know. And not to go too much off tangent, but like being a YouTuber is like now like the new basketball player. Like when Mike, when Mike asked my kids what they want to do, it's not want to be a YouTuber. Yeah. Cause that's just what they see, what they like but, look up to. But but, it's, it's really weird. But what I'd say, Jason, that's, if they carve their own path and make their own path, that's okay. As long well, as they have a fallback. Yeah. But I think it's bad when like the parents like are forcing like their kids who can't even, oh, yeah. who don't even know like what side of the crib smells the worst. They're trying to like get them and make them and put them in front of a camera and make oh, yeah, them like right. perform it. And you're using your, you know, using kids as props. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's sickening. Um, all right, Jody, give us the comic comparison. Okay, so this story comes from Shock Suspense Stories number 17, August 1954. It's the same issue that has four-sided triangle in it, uh, mm. which is one I really like. I like that one. Uh, script by Carl Wessler, art by George Evans. And the comparison's really easy because it's just a completely different story. This is one of yeah. those in-name-only uh, episodes. Uh, in the comic, an assassin pursues his mark to the backstage of a theater and kills a man just before the curtain rises. It turns out he, the assassin has walked in on the opening scene of a play about President William McKinley and the man who assassinated him. So he shoots him, and then the curtain opens, and there's an audience standing there watching him. It's a fun comic. Like, it's kind of film noir Like, mm-hmm. he's narrating the whole time, and it feels like, you know, like Philip Marlowe or something like that. But... 
it had nothing to do with this. Like, there's an assassin. There's, that's, <laughs> that's the connection. I was going to say, are you the 50s? Yeah, no, this was not a story from the 1950s. Yeah, I would like to hear the 50s treatment of this story. Actually, no, I probably don't. Probably don't. No, no, no. It's not good. That would be Christine Jorgensen were on. That would be an interesting project if someone were to take the actual episodes from the TV show and readapt them into comic books in the 1950s style. Mm. But that might be too much. <laughs> Maybe in the art style, but I don't know about the, yeah. Uh, yeah. the content style. Vintage aesthetics, not vintage values. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I'm saying take the modern ones and then redo them as in the in the art style of. But yes, I might be going off too far on that one. Um, no, I like it. I think it's a great idea. Well, thank you. All <laughs> right. Um, any final thoughts on this episode? Anything we haven't covered? Uh, real fast, the wraparound. I totally forgot the beginning when he's in the when he's has his mental like monologue about how much he how pissed off he is at the Grim Reaper. That is like my favorite Cryptkeeper moments of all time. Oh yeah. He's like, why is this guy still here? Like this guy's invading my space. He's even my friend. Like I love that part so much. And then, then when he makes fun of him for not pouring the good champagne, I was like, this is yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so we, good. we've all had those guests. I mean, you know, the Crypt Keeper's just an introvert. He's got his space. He feels happy there. Occasionally he can till with a guest, but not one that hangs around too long. It's fine. I get it. Like, I understand from the Crypt Keeper. So for, for our California friends, how much would the Crypt Keeper's house cost in California? Oh, you don't want to know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, it depends on so where. Bleak. It depends uh, on where it is, but even then. I, also, I, I follow a lot either of. Either Jason and I live. A million yeah. dollars. A billion oh, yeah. dollars. Yeah. For the crypt. <laughs> Just yeah. for the crypt. Uh, soul. Uh, but we do know that the crypt does count as Squarespace. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Unless it's unpermitted, then that's just a bonus crypt. I, I also uh, found this chihuahua on Instagram recently because I follow like 90% animal accounts. That's like my thing. But And he looks like the Crypt Keeper. And all I want to do is start an Instagram account now called Dogs That Look Like the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> oh. and, and at yes. least I mean that in the most adorable way possible. Like I love this dog. I want to pet him and hold him. <laughs> You the, start that. I will follow. First follow. I thought like there's too many in before. <laughs> So I got to figure this out. <laughs> All right, let's do our episode rating. We do zero to five, five being the best, zero being the worst. You can do half points. Uh, Jody, let's start with you. All right, I'm going to give this one a three point five. I think it was it was fun and entertaining. Again, for the time, about as good as we could get with the kind of twist they were going for. Um, but yeah, I, I had a good time with it. That's all it takes to make me happy. Hi, Rachel. Yeah, I agree. I think 3.5 because it is quite a bit of fun and a bit of cringe. Like, the yeah. cringe <laughs> knocks it down. Like, when the voice changed, we didn't talk about the voice. Yeah. Change, but, yeah, oh, that was, yikes. Yeah. That, was, that was the first part that made me go, huh. Because I know <laughs> many trans people and I, that's just not a thing. That's not, just not a yeah, thing. You can't, you can't just switch voices yeah. back and yeah. forth. No. All but, right. Yeah, overall, 3.5. All right, Logan. Uh, I'm going to say three or 3.5. This was like, it felt like a Peter Jackson, like early, just kind of like zaniness. And then it kind of goes in its little direction that I'm like, okay, like it could have been so much worse. So I'm not mad. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Mondo. We're straight hive mind, (laughs) 3.5. 
I couldn't because I was thinking about it. And when Jody's at 3.5, I'm like, yes, we're on the same wave, wavelength. Everyone else did. I'm like, damn it. Now it sounds like I'm copying. Uh, it wasn't quite a four. I, I think I think oh. a four has to be close to perfect. And this wasn't close to perfect. It had, had issues, but a fun episode. And maybe I'm jaded by last week's episode, but uh, I like this. Nice. Uh, yeah, I'll go to three point five. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's just the first. <laughs> yeah. I think five people are pretty much right on top. Um, I did look it up real quick. The guy who did the voice is Cam Clark, and he did Leonardo on one hundred and ninety three episodes of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's awesome. Now I wish that was the voice. Oh, oh, she had Leonardo's voice. You know, what's funny <laughs> yeah. is, is, is my wife said to my wife, oh, that's the voice of Donatello. I couldn't quite pierce it. Piece it because you got the name wrong. But, Dan, that's pretty impressive. I need to give her props for that. Yeah, and he's very prolific voice actor. Um, everything up to, like, the Callisto Protocol video game that came out recently. Um, Red Dead 2. Yeah, tons of voices. Um, Actually, now I wish it had been the voice of Michelangelo, now that you tell me this. <laughs> Well, I, you know who was also does the voice of was it Rafael Donatello's uh, Corey Feldman? Yeah, so that's Donatello. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's right. right. That's that's right. Donatello. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we a couple different voices there. You know, I was going to think the world's getting better, and then people get mad about uh, the gender of, or not the gender, the the race of April O'Neil. I'm like, fucking yeah. people, fucking humans. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, that's what they got time for. Yeah. That's 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 what's upsetting you today. <laughs> Get a real problem. Exactly. Yeah. Try to buy um, real estate in California. Exactly. Get a real problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one other interesting thing. So we didn't talk about their characters' names, but Jonathan Banks's character is William, Bill, and oh. Corey Feldman's character is Todd. Oh, and, Bill and Todd. Yeah. Bill and Todd. Nice. <laughs> so someone writing this really must Somebody saw Bill and Ted and like, I want to make everything about this now. <laughs> Which like oh, this is a, come on guys. <laughs> yeah, this is a Scott Nimfro episode. He did a lot of different tales episodes. Yeah. So that's cool. Um who also like wrote the original X-Men. He was a producer on Hannibal, producer on Plane Chains Automobiles. Really cool guy. All right, Mondo. Oh, actually, no, let's hear from our Uncle Al. And for those that don't know, he usually sends these in like the day before the episode goes out. So when we our recordings, we have no clue what he's going to say. <laughs> I'm going to try to get him if he can shed some light on the uh, wraparounds, <laughs> how that came to oh, be. Oh, yeah. That, that no promises because sometimes he wasn't involved or he just doesn't remember, but we'll see. So, Al, take it away. Hi, it's Alan. Assassins was a Scott Nimberfro episode. I was more than delighted to let Scott do whatever Scott wanted to do with his episodes. He functioned as a co-executive producer on them. He didn't just write them, he produced them. Scott didn't want Martin von Hasselhoff as director. He had a few other, much cooler ideas. But we were trying to, um, seduce Bette Midler to do the show, and we thought dangling an episode to her husband might work. It didn't. As for Bill Sadler working with the Crypt Keeper, after writing the Mr. Rush character for Bill for the failed Two-Fisted Tail spinoff and then the mummy for him in Bordello, we were looking for another chance to write for Bill and put him together again with the Crypt Keeper. The wraparound... I think it speaks for itself. All I can do is ruin it by yammering on. See you next time. And we're back. Mondo, <laughs> song of the week. All right, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have two this week because they're, they're kind of both important. Um, one is by a, a band called Sonia, 
and they did an album called Loud Arriver, I believe, in 2001. Uh, but the interesting part about this is the is the person behind it, the, the guitarist and the singer, uh, Melissa Moore, is uh, transgender, uh, male, male to female, and um, was in the band Absu, which is a prolific black metal band from the early days of in the early 90s that came out from Texas. And I hate to say it, I, I, I after, after this information came out, I can't really quite listen to them anymore because they kicked they kicked her out of the band when she came out as trans. And didn't even like kick her out and try to like hide it and be, yeah, we kicked her out because she wasn't a good guitar player. No, they were straight up like, there's no room in this band for that. And well, I hear in the last year. Lighting. Yes, exactly. <laughs> now we know. Cool. And, and, and no I more hear. Of my money. Yeah, at least they're not lying. Like, at least he's like, yeah, we're pieces of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Funny how a, a genre full of people that talk about evil, they are pieces of shit. Fuck. Like, you know how many bands I've had to stop listening to because they're assholes? Like, God damn it. Um, I, don't, <laughs> I don't care if you burn down churches, but like, fucking be a decent human being outside of that. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> I want to bring up a so she came out the record a, a couple years ago called uh called Loud Arriver and I'll just call out the title track off that called Nylon Nights which is straight like eighties I'd say eighties Los Angeles Hollywood sleazy rock it's fun it's r- really fun stuff Motley Crue kind of uh, a little bit more aggressive than like the Poison stuff that the really really uh, or Winger well, a little more aggressive than that. But Motley Crue is it's funny because Motley Crue gets so much shit, but they're one of the most aggressive bands that era. Like the members, they're not okay. They're not good people. Uh, and the other band I want to bring up is a band called uh, Feminazgul. Uh, to the oh turn from God, feminazis, but, but yeah, but Nazgul from Lord <laughs> of the Rings, kind of riffing on the, the fact that uh, all these black metal bands, I, I kind of mentioned last week, were all just Lord of the Ring nerds uh, that took their their names from Lord of the Rings. Uh, but it's a uh, it's a trans female with the name of Margaret Killjoy, who also has a really neat podcast called called Cool People Who Did Cool Stuff. And a lot of it is is her interviewing. Um, she's she's kind of crazy in that she's like a survivalist anarchist. But given what she's come from, it makes sense. Like she's come from a world that didn't accept her, and and this is where she's kind of gone. But her podcast, I actually listened to an episode uh, today, and it's really fucking cool. So I think uh, I think everyone should kind of check it out. Called Cool People Who Did Cool Stuff, and uh, her, the band Feminazgul did a really really good EP. Uh, I think it was a full length back in 2020 called No Dawn for Men, and the song I'll pick off that is. Uh, the song is, I don't know if it's the best song on the record, but the name's the coolest. And it's Bury the Antlers with the Stag. Nice. So two bands, Um, it's, it's. I, I think it's important that as black metal is a genre I love to death. Like I, my favorite genre in the world, like I love the fucking music, but it's filled with a lot of problems. It's a lot of problematic people that, that play this kind of music and promote this kind of music. So I love when, when someone like Margaret puts out awesome music and pisses off these right wing pieces of shit who are I just think these far right wing pieces of shit who don't want this in their genre, even though like the idea of black metal was anti conformist music. And what's more non conformist than being who the fuck you want to be and saying fuck you to everybody else? So, uh, shout out to Feminazgul. So, uh, two songs uh, Sonia, Nylon Knights, and Feminazgul bury the antlers with the stag. Check them out. Uh, Feminazgul's not on Spotify or Apple Music. Sorry. You have to buy their records off Bandcamp, but do it and support the artist. Why not? Jason. You're muted. You're okay, muted. Jason, you're muted. <laughs> sorry. 
<laughs> Sometimes the mono goes off on his uh, his tangents. I take a break. <laughs> I, I do love that Jason. Will, Jason will talk shit, and then I'll get a, a message tomorrow. Like, hey, what's the name of that band again? I forgot the name, and I want to. <laughs> <laughs> dad on dad violence. Which, which respect? I respect that though. Yeah. All right, Jody, give us some horn news. Dad on dad violence. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's like every bar fight in America. Every, every little yeah. baseball game is dad on dad violence. Everybody talks about dad on dad violence. <laughs> Epidemic. <laughs> All right, a little bit of horror news here. Uh, I'll keep it pretty quick. Uh, but one of these I had to mention uh, for Mondo's sake. <laughs> Alexa D. Iglesias or Alex D. D. Iglesias is thirty coins. Mm-hmm. Shot for glaciers for outside. That is Alexa hearing things that I did not say. Alexa, stop. Oh my God, that's what you should do. Can you name uh, your Alexa? <laughs> having to unplug my echo here because it's too close to my computer. Let's try this again. We're leaving that in. Please. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I leave all this Alex in. Alex Dela Iglesias' 30 coins released a trailer for season two, and it looks awesome. Lots of demons and Paul Giamatti. So, you know. What? Yeah, Paul Giamatti. Oh, my God. I love that first season. <laughs> and if you guys haven't watched it, it's a great Spanish horror show. And the intro is batshit crazy. Like, the intro to every episode, which is just a theme, is so mm-hmm. so fucking nuts. That's what kind of hooked me. So I watched the, I watched, I'll, yeah, I'll, see, what, I'll see what this is about. And I watched the, uh, whatever, the intro. I'm like, yeah, like, I need to watch every episode of the show. It's, <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> it, it's basically Judas Iscariot. And they're trying to, and he got his thirty coins for turning right. in Jesus. Those thirty coins now have now have power, and it's basically demons trying to collect those coins to uh, create hell on earth. That's yeah, cool. if, you, if you're not familiar with David Glacius' stuff, like all of his stuff is awesome, kind of like religiously tinged. Like it's okay. really good stuff. Uh, Day of the Beast is the first one that Mondo introduced me to, and it's D- fantastic. Day of the Beast is my favorite movies in the history of movies. It is a priest who's trying to become evil so he can fight the devil. So he goes yeah. into a record shop and he's trying to buy heavy metal records. <laughs> and he goes, he's trying to buy, like, he's, he's trying, but he's at first it's kind of like, it's almost a priest in fight club who's trying to do mean things, but he feels bad about mm-hmm. it. <laughs> so he's doing mm-hmm. mean things to people, but he feels bad. It's a, batshit crazy Spanish film that I had on VHS for the longest time and so our good friend Joe Ferry said check your mail and he sent me a, a 4k copy of it and it's like I fucking love that movie and shout out to Joe Ferry who's uh, Jody's pod, pod, podcast podcast that'd be, that'd, that'd be a great like cowboy podcast it's the podcast <laughs> the podcast <laughs> oh man uh, other horror news the uh, video game Vampire Survivors is releasing a DLC on April 13th Ooh. called Tides of the Foscari that's going to be more fantasy-based. I don't even know, like, fantasy-based horror. It's, you're killing a billion little critters in uh, small pixel art. Uh, but I love Vampire Survivors. It's oh, a game that makes me so happy. It's fun. It gives me so much anxiety. <laughs> I know. Oh, but once once you've upgraded everything, it's just a little power trip. You just go in there, you blast a million <laughs> things, and then you just go back about your day. It's nice. <laughs> if it, and if anyone doesn't know, I think it's it's now on Android and iOS. So. Yeah, it's on Android. It's on everything. I mean, it's a very low-res game. You could probably play it on a smart toaster, but it's a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> if it'll play Doom, it'll play, yeah. Yeah. Um, more stuff. Witchboard is getting a remake from director Chuck Russell, who made Dream Warriors and the Blob remake. Oh, so, both great movies. Yeah. Into it. Totally. Yeah. Okay. This. 
And finally, Shudder announces their month-long Halfway to Halloween lineup for 2023 this April. And some of the highlights coming this year. A new season of Slasher called Ripper. And I love Slasher. And it's such a good show. I've been promoting it on this show forever. Uh, so a new season. And it's set back in the 1800s, like Jack the Ripper times. Very excited. Uh, Kids vs. Aliens is coming to Shudder. Um, I should have looked up who the director for that is because it's somebody who I like and I just don't remember who it is. Uh, Jason Eisner, uh, who did stuff for VHS and all of those other anthologies. I'm trying to vamp and fill time for a minute. Uh, Hobo <laughs> with a shotgun, Turbo Kid. Hobo with a oh. shotgun and Turbo oh, Kid. Oh, okay. There you guy. go. Tur- making oh. kids versus aliens. I fucking love Turbo Kid. Turbo Kids is yeah, batshit so crazy. Turbo Kid is so good. That score is. Uh, we're also getting a new half yes. season of The Last Drive In with Joe Bob Briggs. They're splitting it into two half seasons this time, five episodes. The Boulay Brothers Halfway to Halloween TV special is coming in April. And also, Shudder's picking up Blair Witch, the original, and Book of Shadows. So you need to watch Book of Shadows. Uh, watch the original too, but you know, watch Book of Shadows. Yes, Book of Shadows is Jody and I are two of the unapologetic Book of Shadow lovers. Uh, they also have The Wicker Man, which is one of my freaking favorite movies. Not the yes. Nick Cage one, the the seventies one. Sir. <laughs> hey, I, I love Nick Cage, but that seventies one is one of my favorites uh, of all time. I will uh, say, they've got The Fog. They're getting. They've got Pumpkinhead now. Ooh. Another just fantastic movie. So, yeah, lots of good stuff coming to Shutter this April for Halfway to Halloween. I, I don't think people should watch the Nicolas Cage version of The Wicker Man, but they should watch the highlights on YouTube. Where it's yes. him like, yeah. <laughs> my, my favorite one is he runs up and punches a woman mm-hmm. wearing a bear costume and tells yes. the kid, don't be scared. <laughs> like, you just punch my mom. <laughs> Counterpoint, you should absolutely watch the version. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I've never seen it. I, I've never actually seen it. So I, I should make a point to actually watch it. You should. You should. I don't know if you enjoy edibles, but okay. I was about to ask you: Should I get high as fuck first? Oh yes. Always. You should be against your own ceiling, watching it from there. I'm holding onto the couch for support, like I should be, so I won't float away. So if you normally take one gummy, four for this one. Okay. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. 15. (laughs) Take the whole bag. If you can't smell colors, you're not high enough yet. (laughs) Dang. All right, that's all I got. That's the horror news. Um, Also, but by the time this comes out, uh, oh, no, sorry, two weeks until Renfield. Became the yes. I am so excited yes. for Renfield. So excited. Oh, excited. also by this time that comes this time this comes out, uh the Mario Brothers movie will be out. Yeah, okay, yeah. The, Mario Brothers this week and then yeah. Renfield when does Evil Dead Rise come out? It's twenty first. Twenty first of April. Twenty first. Okay, a couple oh, more weeks. It's a big that month. One. Yes. Dude, that has gotten oh, such, good, such good reviews. Such good reviews. I and I am giddy with anticipation for that movie. I saw it at South by Southwest. You did? The oh. hype is real. It's so fucking good. Yes. yes. Awesome. So good. Yes. Super excited. <laughs> Everyone I hear this scene, it just makes me more excited for oh it. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't know where to go from that. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Jody. All right. Moving on to our Patreon. We posted our weekly Would You Rather? And the question this week is Dark as fuck. You... <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. oh, fuck, Jason. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather kill one person and go to jail for life or kill a hundred people and get away with it? 
When Jason proposed this question, Mondo just responded back with WTF with a lot of exclamation points after. <laughs> but I do have an answer, y'all. What are we doing? I thought about right, it. It's not as bad as I who's thought honest. it was. So our Patreons, uh, all of them <laughs> voted to kill 100 people and get away with it. Yes, me too. <laughs> but I have a good reason why. Okay. There's at least 100 members of the Westboro Baptist Church. So there you go. We'll, <laughs> we'll just knock out a fucking 100 of them and that's fine. I don't think anybody's going to, and the people that will miss those people, they suck too. So, (laughs) yeah, this is one of those where, like, I have questions. Like, do you have to watch these people? Like, do you have to be the one to kill them? Do you get to choose the method? Do you get to choose who? Because I can think of a bunch of people I'd want to kill, and I can find an easy way to do it. But (laughs) if I have to, like, find a hundred random people, the first, like, hundred random people they pick. No, no. I think think it is. You get to pick the hundred people that die. Okay, that's different. Yeah. (laughs) Jason's like, I got a list. Imagine you could just, <laughs> I got a list. Dude, you could just oh, fuck, I, I don't know. I don't want to be on a list, but you could just like knock out crews and like. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't want this to go on the list. <laughs> I have a feeling like the CIA just is already looking into this episode right. now, but as soon as this gets released. Logan, let's pool our, our hundreds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jody, do you have a preference? Yeah, I I don't want to go to jail for the rest of my life, (laughs) but I I am too soft to kill a hundred people and you know live the rest of my life. Like I let spiders out of my house gently when I find them. Uh, You know, (laughs) I I hear about people hunting and I'm like I can't like like I I can't. My brother likes to hunt. It's sure great. We live in Tennessee. Like of course people hunt around here. And sometimes he'll bring me meat that he's killed himself, and I'm like, I can't do it. I can't eat this. Uh, so yeah, I I just I'd have to go to jail for the one. But I'd have to pick my one very well though. Like you know, I'd make sure it was worthwhile. But I, I can't. You know, but too soft for it. Spiders serve a purpose though. You can let them to their house. They're going to go take care of other predatory animals. Oh, I love the part I of love the system. But like, I don't know what fucking purpose cruisers. <laughs> I'm just saying. Jason, you, right, may, you, may do, you may want to do some bleeping when you're editing before they counted as threats. There's a certain mayor of <laughs> that I'm not too fond of. But <laughs> All right, Rachel. I would like to say that, like Jody, I am soft of heart, but I would be like, give me the infinity pool lineup. <laughs> 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 yes, I was thinking about that, actually. <laughs> there are definitely some people. <laughs> I'd be like, I don't go to jail. That's the bonus. <laughs> you made the world a better place. But Jody's a better person than I. And, you know, I feel like he's exhibited that many, many times over. <laughs> like, imagine you're at right, Starbucks Logan. and the person's being rude to the clerk and you can just fucking off him. Like, that'd be amazing. <laughs> this is like, there's still 100 people you offend you. You still have 99 left. Like, it's <laughs> right, Logan. Oh, God. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the hundred as the Starbucks yeah. barista. I can come up with twenty five right there. <laughs> I'm preaching to the choir. Be nice. Be nice to your barista. Yes, and, 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 they may and, be putting you on a list. Uh, uh, my child also works at Starbucks, so that's why it's near and dear to my heart. Like some people wanted to be Disney princesses, I just wanted the Death Note we're just being honest today. Oh, <laughs> well, well, I think we've also figured out, though, that the Disney princesses now include uh, the Queen Alien, the Queen Xenomorph. Ooh. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
Slayer. That's one I'd wait yes. in line to meet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Same. laughs> Put the Mickey ears on her. Oh. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, the mini ears. Someone Photoshop yes. immediately. <laughs> yes. Jody, I'm already on it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love having Jody's uh, skills at my disposal. I started Googling as soon as you said that. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Oh, if you just type in, oh, Z- right. oh, if you just type in Xenomorph Disney Princess, all the work's done for you, Jody. There are okay. so many great photos. <laughs> all right. And then, uh, you know, that's our weekly thank you to our Patreon supporters. Um, all right. Let's move on to dad advice. And uh, for this one, I especially was glad to have Rachel Logan on because uh, we're, we're doing a lot of talk about. Uh, trans characters tonight but you know it's a hot topic right now of um trans rights Mm -hmm. yeah i'm sorry i said unfortunately unfortunately yes yes Yes, so uh, i would love to hear from the two of you um what can parents do to support their trans kids and what resources can you recommend for parents of trans kids first Logan or do you want me to uh sure I feel like you're gonna have better like material things to recommend I don't know I mean my first thing would obviously be if you are a parent of a trans child your child has just come out to you about who they are and you need support pflag is amazing go to Mm. pflag.org there are tons of resources there it has essentially just become like a trans parent support group because of everything that parents are dealing with right now having to be medical advocates and the government targeting Mm -hmm. them um, to score political points because they're garbage people. Um, And then as far as advice, I would say the first thing you want to do is make friends with other parents of trans, like uh, uh, other parents who have trans children. Um, Not only are they a great resource in terms of like support and things like that, but it'll also allow you to have a place to sort of Uh, process or um, metabolize the experience with someone else that is not your child. Um, You know, there's maybe a temptation to try to like talk about those things with them. And that's like not really where you want to put your energy, but you do need someone to talk to you. And so I think having other parents who have been through that experience are a great uh, um, place to put that energy. And then just know that you know less about this experience than your kid, quite like very likely, you know less. And so Typically, that's not necessarily the dynamic you have with your children. But in this case, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt. Don't assume that you know more than they do and and hear them out and believe what they tell you. That would be my that's my advice. I mean, no, I love it. I have cats, so I pretty much <laughs> consider myself to be a parent. Also, my co-hosts call me daddy. So I feel like it's OK that I have these opinions. I agree. <laughs> it all works out. I agree. <laughs> Um, I mean, I can't talk to the experience of trying to transition as a kid. I came out when I was 18 very purposely because I did not want to try and navigate the pre-being an adult thing myself. I said, no, I'll just do it as an adult. Um, definitely, you know less than you are ready to realize that you don't know. I think that was probably the hardest part for my parents was realizing how much they had no idea about the situation and about me and it took a lot of very fun, very awkward conversations. It will be awkward. It will be very funny. I We have several running jokes in my house right now just of like weird things that my parents said in the first year that is really funny now <laughs> because they're <laughs> incredibly supportive. I That's love awesome. them so much. They're sure. just <laughs> very blunt about it. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, just I, I 
I stand by the idea that we can always tell when questions are being asked in good faith versus when they're not. So I would say like, do not be afraid to ask questions. Like we're not, we are, I refuse to believe that the angry trans person stereotype actually exists in the world. Like we are totally fine answering questions and like getting you to relate to us as like a fellow human being. That's awesome. Yeah. I've always oh, been a big believer on like, yeah, like, like my, my child's LGBTQ and you don't have to understand it. You have to, ex- yeah. you, just have, you just have to be okay. You just have to respect the fact that, it, and this goes to older people, a lot of older people are like, I don't understand it. Well, no one's asking you to understand it. And, but we're asking mm-hmm. you, but the people are asking you to just respect their choices and respect who they want to be and just have some kindness in your heart. And yeah. as a parent, like when my child came out all these all these feelings as a parent i was kind of confused but i'm like well i'm gonna support you no matter what like i still love you no matter what so let's talk let's figure it out yeah. we'll figure it we'll figure yeah. all this out together it's okay like it's okay that we're all confused um as long as we still love you and we'll figure it out it's not a big deal <laughs> yeah okay. logan were there any uh, resources or sites you'd recommend that parents uh check out Oh God, I I really should have some off the top of my head, but I just don't. <laughs> you can send some to me, and I'll be happy to put them in the show notes. Yeah, absolutely. I I think definitely it's a state by state basis right now. So if you are in a hostile state, I would highly recommend just like looking up what resources are available to you specifically there. Okay. Um. Anyone else? <laughs> All right. Same. Does anyone else have anything they want to add? Are we good? Um, just the yeah, two, I, go, the, go ahead. The two questions we got on um, Instagram. One was about. Oh it, yes. Uh, the one question we, we've already answered both technically. One question was about whether or not this episode holds up today based on the themes. I think we talked about extensively. Another one has anybody heard Corey Feldman's music? Which we kind of just said. Hmm. 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 Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, he makes music. Good for him. It always makes him happy. That's cool. Yeah. I'm not gonna listen it's, to it, yeah. but. Keep doing what you're doing. It makes you it, music. No one listens to shit I write. Like if you if you like if you like playing music, play music. Have a good time. Doesn't matter if anyone else likes it. Yeah, people are showing up, so they're enjoying it. So power to them. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. I was just gonna say I I can't speak to any of these things myself, but I do live in extremely hostile state. I'm in Tennessee yeah. right now, which like of all places to be the epicenter of hostility. I think that's probably it at the moment. Uh, but you know, just try to be supportive of the people in your life, <laughs> you know, people who are in various different, uh, for, for a state like mine, people who are different have a hard time and they just need people to, you know, stand alongside them and support them. So yeah, yeah I live, I live in one of those places and I try to do what I can, uh, despite not having much personal connection myself. But you know, sometimes it's being kind to people. That Just are, being kind it goes yeah. a long way, and it takes zero effort to be kind. It really does. Yeah. Like again, going back to whether you understand it or even if you're one of those people that doesn't agree with it, just fucking be nice to people. Like be nice it's to not people. that hard to yeah. do. Just be nice to people in general. Yeah. That's yeah. probably a good policy for most people, right? Until mm-hmm. they give you a reason not to. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and they said, I'm just want to hear different voices and hear opinions and hear yeah. you know yeah. other people sharing their experiences and you know hopefully that'll make me a, a better parent you know mm-hmm. if that when that day comes or you know for anything else. Well, I think yeah. at least um, I know uh, myself, Jason, and Jody are all we're all at least 40 now god damn it i hate saying that <laughs> <laughs> you joined us i'm still the youngest 
but no, it's, always, once you hit but... 40 it doesn't matter anymore yeah <laughs> but we grew up in that era where it was a very different era and i don't mean that in a good way i mean that in it was very like i saw a friend that came out in junior year of high school so year 2000 and it was a big fucking deal like people shunned him after that and it was and like looking back in hindsight i was i'm, I'm very thankful that i wasn't one of the people that did that um mm-hmm. i still was friends with the guy and you know we had weight training together and i was still friends with him and everything but a lot but he ended up leaving school over it because of all the bullying he got and it's really shitty that like we grew up all from that time period so like and what I'm trying to bring up is like if, if we can if fucking we can see the goodness of people and people from our era can see the goodness of people like there's no there's no room for this shit in our society anymore like people should just be who they want to be and we should all accept them and just be kind to them and then life would be so much better for everybody yeah I had another point too but I totally just fucking lost it it's been a long day <laughs> <laughs> on that note um that wraps up another episode rachel and logan thank you so much for joining us uh where can people find you wait you want to go first sure uh you can find me if you want to follow me at rachie pants on twitter or you can more importantly follow zombie girls at zg podcast uh on twitter and instagram all right logan uh, and I am on Trans Horrors on Twitter and Instagram, and in both places I have a link tree that takes you to all of my trans horror writing related things. Very cool. Nice. Excellent. The part where I creepily follow you. <laughs> while we're on recording. It's not in creepy real time. when it goes, bam, Rachel has followed you. <laughs> it's not creepy if you announce it. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> all right. Well, next week we, be, we will be reviewing Stared in Horror. Uh, we appreciate everyone for listening. We really appreciate if you would give us a rating or review on iTunes, a rating on Spotify. Check out our Patreon for bonus content. Also, check out our YouTube for videos of these podcasts. And with that, we thank you for listening to Dads from the Crypt. Adios. <laughs> Follow Dads from the Crypt on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Or I will follow you to the grave. (laughs) No, seriously, you really should watch. But be careful what you ask for. You may get it.